Welcome to the official unofficial podcast dedicated to Eastern Washington athletics. This is the Eagles Power Hour, an affiliate member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. Introducing your hosts, standing at a staggering 5 foot 10 inches tall. He's not a myth. He's not a legend. He's just that idiot who thinks it's a great idea to paint his chest in 10 degree weather for an Eastern Washington football game. Now, based out of Houston, Texas, Kyler Neal. The other host is a local firefighter. He saves kittens by day. Talks EWU sports by night. He is six foot two without heels and has a vertical of 32 inches. Based out of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Yours and my favorite Eagles Power Hour host, Rusty Kramer. Without further ado, here it is the greatest podcast in the big sky the Red Turf Repping Eagles Power Hour. Eagles Nation, this is. The Eagles Power Hour. I am your host as always. My name is Kyler Neal. With me, Rusty Kramer, the favorite co-host of all time. Rated <laughs> number one in just a poll by himself. Rusty, how the hell are you doing today on this fine Friday afternoon? Uh, yeah, I don't know where you're getting that shenanigans from, but I'll take it. I'm doing pretty good, man. Just did some uh, work outside. Now enjoying myself a nice little Red Bull vodka at home to get get the nerves just right. Uh, but I'm enjoying myself. How about you? What the hell? You're drinking a Red Bull vodka? What are you, 22? I, I just turned 32, so I'm just trying to like live. <laughs> I woke up yesterday. I'm like, well, I'm 32 now, so I guess I better have a Red Bull vodka. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to live young are you saying yesterday was your birthday yeah yesterday was uh yeah yesterday was my birthday my wife actually told me she's like are you excited to turn 31 i'm like i'm turning 32 tomorrow she's like no you're not you're turning 31 i'm like no we've been married for 11 years and i am turning 32 tomorrow thank you for knowing me so well well, so it looks like I'm a bad co-host for not even acknowledging your birthday, and it looks like your wife is a bad wife for not even knowing. <laughs> oh, so uh, I, I don't feel I don't feel as bad. Um, yeah, dude, I'm actually turning 32 this year as well. So I guess, uh, damn, I didn't realize we were that close in age. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's. I mean, I don't know. It's just. It's literally just another day. You know what's depressing is having your birthday during like, like, like a stay-at-home order. That's freaking depressing. But luckily, I have some pretty solid friends. Uh, some some people came by and vandalized my vehicle, throwing a whole bunch of lights and just trash on my vehicle that I had to clean up the next day because it rained and it just stuck to my vehicle, like a bunch of paper and stuff like that. So that was a lot of fun. Some good friends I have. <laughs> Yeah, they sound like the type of friends that um, would be in my life. They all <laughs> suck, but I'm lucky to have them at the same time. Um, but hey, so this episode, you know, we, we were going to record tonight with Mason Peatling. Unfortunately, he's in Australia and, you know, I don't know if the, the time didn't work out. So you and I have a very special episode. There's no agenda. There's no purpose. This is a complete bullshitting episode. But before we dive into all the bullshit... We have a little message for, I want to say like a sponsor, but it's more of a local throw out, throwback or whatever you want to call it. Shout out, shout out. That's the word. So Rusty, would you give our local shout out today? And then we can dive in and talk about absolutely nothing. 
Yeah, absolutely. Again, uh, another podcast, another local shout out, especially with everything going on right now. This not only affects, you know, everybody, but this also affects small businesses that are still having to operate during this, you know, stressful and strenuous time. And this week's local shout out is Bellwether Brewing. I wish I had one of their beers right now instead of this other drink that I'm drinking. Uh, they're located in Spokane at 2019 North Monroe. They're still right now delivering you delicious beer. So what makes Bellwether Brewing special, because they, they also serve you sours, porters, ciders, and your IPA, just to name a few. But they also like to recreate old school beers, your kind of ancient beers, like a Groot style ale. Have you ever heard of that, Kyle? Have you heard of a Groot style ale? A Groot, like baby Groot? Yeah, like kind of same, same, but different, you know, so like a Groot style ale that was popular in Europe in the early or pre 1500s. So they kind of like to bring back those old school beers. So if you're an individual who likes to have a variety of different beers or has a wide range in regards to the palate when it comes to uh, drinking the brews, then I recommend going to Bellwether Brewery. And uh, check out Relish to Troll King. That's their Groot style ale that they have right now. Uh, they're currently operating on new hours from Tuesday to Sunday, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. You could call ahead, wave them down in the parking lot, or even just call when you arrive. This month, Bellwether Brewing is releasing some new beers, a Northwest Pale Ale, a Sumac Sour, and their Prohibition Kentucky Common. You can keep up to date with the latest brews at Bellwether Brewing on Facebook. You can also give them a call at 509-328-0428 or, you know what, visit them online at bellwetherbrewing.com. When you stop by, make sure you let them know that uh, Rusty sent you from Eagles Power Hour. Awesome. Yes, please, everyone, go again. This is like the weird time in life where local business needs our support more than ever. Um, you know, even when we're not in quarantine, still support the local business, but really you need to go out there and support them right now. Cause every dollar matters for a lot of these lower, you know, not lower, but, um, smaller companies and local companies. So please go support them. Um, it's for a good cause. We're not giving these shout outs for any money. This is because we feel their pain and we want any of our listeners to go out there and, you know, help support. All right, so so Rusty, Rusty, Rusty. Unfortunately, like I said, we were going to have Mason Pete lean on, uh, but it didn't kind of work out. Uh, we'll have him on hopefully next week, and we, we got a couple really awesome um, episodes coming in the next few weeks too. We have some really good future guests. I don't want to give it away right now, but this episode, let's do something we have never done before. This let's episode, do it, yeah. Yeah, this episode will have zero purpose. Um, besides you and I just chatting, we're going to, you know, chat about what's on our mind. Maybe what's trending. We have no clue. There's no agenda guys. So this, this, this could go one of two ways. It'll either be a really fun listen or the worst listen. Of your <laughs> and if yeah. it is the worst listen of your lives, please come back when we have an interview with, with like a, an awesome Eastern player or something like that. But you know what? We're going to do it anyway, because why the hell not? We are, we are stuck in quarantine. Like Rusty said, his best friends hate him and vandalize his trucks, so he needs someone to talk to and vent to. 
Yeah, you know what's funny is we just created uh, a Facebook page, shameless plug on the Facebooks at Eagles Power Hour. Uh, but we so we just created a Facebook page for the Eagles Power Hour, and our first episode since we've done that is a bullshit episode. So everybody's gonna be listening to this episode like, oh my lord, what did I sign up for? Yeah, and, and the the very first you know post on that Facebook page, we said our podcast is directly dedicated to Eastern Washington athletics. <laughs> And this has gotcha. nothing to do with Eastern Washington athletics. This has more to do with shit. I have no clue. We're gonna we're gonna wing it, and we're just gonna see. But yeah, so if if you guys are listening, and you hate it, and you wanted to come on here for some Eastern Washington athletics talk, well, um, come back another time or listen to it. See if you like our personalities. Maybe you don't. Not my problem, you know. But um, yeah. So so Rusty, what? What have you been up to this whole quarantine first? Let's let's talk about besides work because work's still a pain in the ass and I know you and I are still working where while well, some people aren't but what's what's the average day in the life of Rusty Kramer now since he can't go out and have fun besides drinking party drinks like Red Bull vo- stars and so- <laughs> Red Bull Red Bull vodkas when he's sitting at home not even going out clubbing but <laughs> what so let me ask you this so at what age is it not okay to have like a good i like red bull it's a sugar-free red bull because let's be honest like i don't need extra sugar in my life but at what age is it you know time to move on past the red bull vodka you know i don't think i don't think there is an age because i will i'll drink them if like i'm out with my buddies and i'm like dude i'm so tired because now i'm an old ass man i'm like i just need a little kick um but you know i gotta either give you props or put my head down in shame because you're you're not going out to party you're 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 going inside and you're like dude i, I need to turn up tonight i need to i need to go crazy uh i mean but rusty man i drink an energy drink still every day because i'm a child and it tastes real it tastes better than coffee so i i don't fault you i'll still drink them um yeah, go for it. I'll give you that. Go for it. All right. Well, uh, so basically, I mean, the day in the life of Rusty when he's not working is I'm a pretty simple man, man. So I just, especially with the stay-at-home order, it's a lot more time at home with the kiddos. I find myself doing a lot more like cleaning up around the house, going in the garage and cleaning up because I got like a man cave with a pool table in the garage. So I've been trying to clean up. I made a run to the dump and apparently I'm not the only individual that's doing this because there was a giant line to the dump and it was just absolutely bananas going there. Um, besides that, man, like uh, I've been trying to like focus on, you know, really hitting the, you know, the PT at home. Uh, Cause our, our gym that we go to is closed. So I've been trying to really focus in on that while, while I'm staying at home. But again, man, that's pretty much it. It's pretty simple life for Rusty. How about you? Yeah. So my, my wife is um, home now. She's she's out of a job to be determined. So, you know, we've been hanging out a lot. I've been playing a little more video games than normal, um, drinking more beer than normal. I saw an awesome meme where, you know, it was like, I don't know if you watch Marvel movies, but it was in The Last Avengers, you know, Thor looking jacked. And then, you know, the very next, the very last Avengers movie, he's, he's a little fluffy. He's a little fat. He stopped working out. So I was like, quarantine, you're going to you're going to come out two different ways. You'll either be dedicated and look like, you know, Jack Thor or you're going to look like Fat Thor. And, 
you know, I was already starting to look like Fat Thor, and I think it's just getting a little <laughs> fat with Thor. So soft, I don't, I don't know. soft Thor, soft Thor. Yeah, yeah, we'll be um, yeah. So we'll see. But yeah, it's, man, it's been not much. We've just been watching more movies and drinking a lot um, since even everything in in Houston shut down. It's it's kind of a bummer. I you know I I want to at least go. I wanted to go to the beach the other week. And because it was like 90 degrees last weekend and I was like, dude, we can go to the beach. And like the day we were going to go, uh, they announced all beaches in Galveston are closed. So I'm like, really not? Now I can't even go to the beach. So <laughs> it's like, there's nothing. I'll walk my dog. I'll clean, uh, you know, a little bit of outside and, and drink beer and do not much of anything else outside of work. Fun times, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, <sighs> It's funny when you go shopping and stuff and you see like what's considered like essential stores to be open because anything that's not essential is obviously not operating right now. And like a liquor store, for example, my wife and I were talking this morning, I'm like, because we're, we're having some people over there tonight. So we just wanted to get some some beverages and stuff. So uh, I was trying to figure out if the liquor store was open and I'm like, yeah, I, I think it's open. She's like, ah, I don't think it is. It's not I don't think it would be considered an essential store, but uh, it definitely is operating and functioning as normal at the liquor store here in North Idaho. Well, I was going to say, even if it wasn't, you could easily just jump the border. I like how I said border, like the state line's really a crazy border, but you could jump the border to Washington because they sell liquor in grocery stores. This is true. This is very, that was, that was, uh, the, that was the plan backup B. plan. Yeah, that was the secondary plan. We always have a primary and secondary plan. Always, always at the ready. So, our, yeah, so our our backup plan is we have probably eighty bottles of wine and geez. like forty bottles of liquor. Plus, I have a kegerator at my house, so it's like our backup plan is we just have alcohol everywhere. Well, that's 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 uh yeah, that's pretty good. My neighbor, have you ever have you ever made your own beer? Have you done that? Have you went through that experiment <laughs> yet? No, no, just because like I've made my own food a couple times in my life and. I in making your own foods, you know, easy. Um, but sometimes they taste like crap. So having a complex thing, like making your own beer, I'm, I'm more nervous. I would, I would need a Guinea pig to try what I'm making before I would want to try what I'm making. See, I think I was the Guinea pig in that experiment. My neighbor <laughs> just brought me over two beers yesterday, uh, for my birthday and a steak and some potatoes, which was delicious, but the beer, I mean, I just drank and it was, it was delicious. And the other one I left in the fridge and today I got out of the fridge. I was getting ready to open it up and I looked up, you know, in the beer bottle and there's a bunch of like floaty stuff inside the beer bottle and he's going to listen to this, oh. but in my mind, I'm like, oh. what the hell is that? So I put it back so, in the fridge. <laughs> so your friends trash your car. They try and poison you. Man, you you got a tough life. I'm a pretty. I'm. A, I, I think I'm. A, I think that speaks more to my decision making than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're just you're just a trustworthy guy. But hey, so speaking of guinea pigs, because so I used to work in in college. I worked at the Wingate Hotel at the Spokane Airport. Do you know Do you know which one I'm talking about? Uh, like right when you're going to the airport, there's the Wingate and the Ramada. Like oh right yeah yeah yeah. Airport property. So yep. I, I was front desk, and we got a lot of people coming from Canada who. You know, Spokane Airport was the closest airport. So they drive down, they'd stay for a night, park their car for a couple of weeks, and then they fly around the world and do whatever. But I had my, my one customer who come, seemed like every other month. And, and he was an older gentleman and he was like, hey, Kyler, 
do you like alcohol? And you know, I'm 22 at the time. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do, Brian. Um, I was like, Brian. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't remember if that was his name or not, but you know, we're going with the Brian because it just sounded good. First name off the top of my head. So I was like, yeah, Brian. Sure. I'm I'm 22. You know, on the days I'm not working, I am with my buddies drinking. So he goes, all right. And he comes out out of his truck, which I remember it was like a dirty old truck with a canopy. It was, you know, maybe in the eighties, it just looked disgusting, um, <laughs> rust everywhere. And he brings me this like water bottle It's like a, tw- you know, a liter water bottle crinkled up siding. And he goes, here you go. And I was like, what, what, what is this? He's like, I make my own moonshine. And I was like, Oh, Oh God. And he's like, but I, I want you to try it right now. Um, sorry, Wingate. I, uh, did drink on the job multiple times, but I'm not working for you. So it does not matter anymore. But I was like, all right, I'll, I'll try this. And I, I took a swig instantly regretted my decision. And I was like, what, all right, what is this? And he's like, well, this is like 150 proof, uh, vodka that I made basically, or moonshine, whatever you want to call it. And he's like, whatever you do, do not drink that. Like all of it. in one night he's like, please share that with like four or five friends. If you want to go hard. So, um, I tried that and that was disgusting and I brought it home. And at the time I lived with my sister, her sorority uh, friend, my brother and, and a couple of, and like his girlfriend, we were all in the same big house um, in Cheney, all going to college. So I like left it on the counter and I was like, all right, girls, this is moonshine. You guys can have it. It's the most disgusting thing I've ever had in my life. Just be careful. I come back an hour later. Cause I went to the liquor store to buy my own stuff. That bottle was gone between the two sorority girls they are under the table crying like in laughter blacked out drunk from like literally 30 minutes to an hour of just pounding something that i took one sip of and never wanted to drink again so i i think that ruined my guinea pig ability uh when it comes to drinking i'm like nope i'm only gonna i'm only gonna try things that i know what it is Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, the beer. So let me say this because I know he's going to listen to it and he's going to give me crap about what I said. The beer was good. Eric, the beer, the beer was good. I think the little floaty things were just like flavor enhancers. That's what I'm going to call them. That's what I think it was. Just a little flavor enhancer. Don't, don't worry about it. Just drink it. You know, I think that's probably a, a nice thing to call it, you know, a flavor (laughs) enhancer. Um, Hey, let's, let's talk about something real quick though, because we have not had sports in a long time. And today they're doing like the NBA 2K tourney. Have you noticed that online? Uh, uh, I, I was playing against people. I caught myself watching this for a little bit and I was actually intrigued. I was like, man, this is what my life's coming to. It's EA sports because there are no sports and I love sports every day. So I was watching the NBA 2K tourney and, and Kevin, Kevin Durant was getting a little crossed over, but that, that's about all I have for that. Uh, I was just wondering if you've seen that. Because it seems like for the next couple months, if you want sports, online gaming is going to be the only method where you're going to be able to watch sports. Unless you're just going to watch reruns. But man, I'm not a big fan of reruns because I know what the outcome is and it took the surprise out of everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. Like, uh, there's, I don't know, it would have to be like a real moment that I remember like it, that was important to me like as a kid or whatever f- to watch a rerun because i'm not just going to watch a rerun just to watch a rerun but no. the nba 2k tournament you're talking about so that was so the listeners are kind of up to speed that's where like nba players are playing like you know video yeah. game basically a basketball game against you know other nba players right 
Yeah, yeah, they're literally, it's NBA players that are just doing a tournament to see who's the champion is. It's almost like, you know, they're playing out their league. Um, so it's one-on-one -on -one battles. So yeah, I mean, I like Kevin Durant. Um, I liked him ever <clears> since <throat> we drafted him as a Sonics player. And, you know, I've always been kind of rooting for him, even though he's turned into, seems like the most hated person in the NBA in recent years. But, you know, I have a soft spot in my heart because we, he was one of the last people the Sonics drafted. I feel like he kind of did that to himself when you start making burner accounts and <laughs> other decisions that he has done. I mean, you, you kind of do it to yourself. So I'm looking at that, that the bracket. So they actually have a bracket for this and he was a number one seed apparently. Oh, snap. I didn't even know. Yeah. I didn't even notice the seeds. Yeah. So he was, I, I, unless I'm looking at something that's totally wrong, but it looks pretty legit to me. So he was number one seed. He was going against Derek Jones, Jr. At number yeah. 16 seed. Did you watch that game or did you say you got worked or what? Just bits. No, so I, I just watched like bits and pieces. And then I, I realized, man, this is the sports life right now. It this kinda, is it. This is it right now. It kind of made me depressed because, you know, as much as I like video games, because I'm a little nerdy, I would much rather play them than watch them. So, you know, I, I turned it off a little bit. But um, yeah, I, uh, I caught myself watching it for like a good couple minutes. And I was like, what the hell is this? But, you know, if you if you miss sports, it's at least something. Well, th that's the thing is, like, I, I don't know what it is. Like, uh, like infomercial infomercials, like even on ESPN, there was like a rock, paper, rock, paper, scissors tournament on ESPN. <laughs> I caught myself watching it for like 20 minutes. I don't know what the hell I was doing or even like infomercials. Like, I know I don't need it. I know I shouldn't be watching it, but if I, if I turn into that channel, I'm going to get sucked in for at least 10 minutes, guaranteed a hundred percent in my back of my head. I'll be like, maybe I do need this vacuum that, that could vacuum water and whatever thing else, you know, whatever else it does. <clears throat> so you're, you're telling me you watch a rock, paper, and scissors tournament. Oh, it was, it was, it was uh, high perform. These were athletes at the end of the day, man. It's, <laughs> that's, that's the bottom line. These operate at the optimal level. Yeah. I, I saw, um, also they were doing like a rock skipping contest on ESPN. <laughs> Is that the Ocho? <laughs> no, like this was like legit ESPN too. Um, not even the Ocho. They, like that's, that's the world we live in right now. It's, it's rock, paper, scissors contest and rock skipping contest in 2K. Um, but I'm not going to lie. One of those kids who skipped a rock, and I always thought I was a pretty mean rock skipper back in my day um, when I'd go to the local lake and, you know, do do really good things with a rock. You know, I got that motion, the side motion. Um, but some of these guys were like skipping these rocks like 25, 35 times. And it was solid. They weren't the little baby pebble skips either, where it's like bop, 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 bop at the end. They were like, do, 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 do. And yeah, it was a, it was a pretty exciting five minutes of my life. Yeah. I, I, I anything like throwing wise, I'm just I, I, like skipping rocks, throwing a base. Well, I think a lot of it stems to like my wife breaking my confidence. Have you ever seen war worlds with Tom Cruise? Yeah. So uh, there's a scene of Tom Cruise throwing a baseball and it, it does look bad. Don't get me wrong. But my wife looked at me, she's like, that's how you throw a baseball. It just oh. freaking ruined my confidence ever since then. And I've just been shaken to the core with anything, throwing a baseball, skipping rocks. I just can't do it. It's just Tom Cruise throwing that baseball in world worlds is just stuck in my mind. Oh man. <laughs> I feel bad for you. I, um, 
So what what ruined my what ruined my you know athletic abilities was <laughs> so I, I in track I I was even a high jumper from like seventh to ninth grade I could jump pretty well uh, for a little white guy but I was jumping pretty well and uh, then in, in high school I was playing one on one basketball with one of my best friends and uh, you know it was in in a local park we we hit the rim and it bounced back pretty far off the court so I went to go get the basketball and. You know, the court had this little baby chain link um, that, you know, one strand of chains that went from one pole to the other. And, you know, at the lowest, it was maybe eight inches off the ground. Um, And I was, you know, not even trying to be cool, but like doing some funny thing when when I was jumping, like almost trolling the chain, like, oh, I can't make this jump. And I uh, my foot got caught under it still. And I landed face planted right on the asphalt. And ever since then, I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not made for anything besides maybe talking about sports. I, I tripped That's... over an eight inch, eight inch chain, <clears throat> jumping over, and I was a high jumper at one point in my life. So, f my life. What was, what was your so in like high jumping? What was your 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 PR that you had? <clears throat> um, I don't remember. I so this so this was in junior high when I was high jumping, and I was one of the worst people high jumping at every single meet we went to but we didn't have anyone <laughs> yeah but consistent have- though you're consistent at least that it, consistency is the key but no we we just didn't have anyone who was good at the high jump so i was the best one on our team so they're like kyler you're gonna do it um i was much more of a runner so i was you know doing the 400 the 800 and 200 and then i had to do the high jump um and i remember like the first couple of meets i think it starts off at like four two or something four foot two inches it's, it's not really high and the first couple of meets you know i was hitting the bars and then I, I improved i got over five feet but i don't remember what what it was but you know this is a, a 14 year old 13 year old so at the time for someone never doing it um it wasn't bad but always in practice i did way better than the actual track meet because in practice we had like it was like a pillow bar so you know i didn't fear it but every time they did the meet it it was like this metal bar or something. And, and one time I landed directly on my spine. Like it, it, it hit it even flush all the way down the spine. And, you know, I heard a couple cracks and ever since then, that whole season, the next couple seasons, you know, it, it gave me a little mind F. So I was like, Oh no, I, you know, I don't want to do this. And then I saw one person miss the, um, the landing pad altogether, which that was funny. I saw someone oh, when they were tr- yeah, I saw someone when they, they jumped a little late and um, for some reason, and I still don't know how they did this, but they jumped over the pole, which was awesome. And when they were landing, because they, they like just cleared it, they, they jumped on the other side of the padding and their head hit the metal pole that holds up the poles or the metal stand. And I was like, how the heck did you do this? So you 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 cleared it. So you jumped really high. But you you missed the landing pad and you bounced your head off of that metal stand. Um, it was the most intimidating, exciting, and funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that, see that, that? Did you ever play Who Fest at all in Spokane? No, because um, I didn't go when I was younger. And after Isaiah Thomas crossed me over, I decided to never play basketball. He retired, yeah. You know, yeah. I, he when I said he retired me, I meant he retired me. I don't even go play horse. He, I'm done. I quit. Um, no, but I would always go to Hoop Fest. You know, I, I loved going there in college. Um, I would be the 
drunk guy on the side of the sidewalk like heckling everyone um and then they're like you know lace up play me i'm like no i'm good i'm I'm, I'm comfortable (laughs) right here so my first year plan my first year playing, I was probably like 12 or 11 or something like that. And I was, you know, I was getting ready. I was, in, I was in game mode. I was getting ready to play some hoops and hoop fast and show the world my, my true talent of my, my, my skill level. And we were watching the game before us, or it was an adjacent court, but right before we were getting ready to play, and it, they were like an adult, or so like they're older than me. They're probably like early 20s, something like that. And this guy jumped up for a rebound and he fell down, landed on the ground. He came up yelling, yelling and screaming and stuff. And me as a curious 10 or 11 or 12 or however, however old I was, uh, I was like, oh, what's going on over there? And he put up his hand in front of his face and his finger, his middle finger was crooked. It was no longer straight. I'm like, oh my God, that is terrible. Right before I'm getting ready to play my first, like, you know, street basketball, you know, uh, basketball game in a, in a tournament. And it absolutely terrified me. <laughs> yeah. They're um, speaking of broken bone and then we'll go, um, you know, to a couple other um, topics that we were listening. We're writing guys on a document, you know, a Google share drive, we're writing what we may want to talk about in this episode while we're talking. But so speaking of a broken bone, cause now I can't do anything with broken bones. Like they freaked me out, but it, it was in football and it was in um, eighth grade football, I believe. And it was like right before the game. So we were running plays. So we, we lined up so the other team couldn't see some of the plays we were running. Um, and I was, I was a, a running back then. And my buddy Kyle Ames was a wide receiver. And then I forgot this other kid, what position he was. But when we were just practicing our play, and, it, you know, of course, it's just 50, 50% um, type and then, you know, two-hand touch and the play's over. That's all it was. But just making sure we had our plays ready. Somehow, the guy who I forgot what position he was, he fell behind one of our linemen and my buddy Kyle Ames, he was running because I think it was like a reversal play. So he was running behind the lineman to, to swoop up the ball. And he somehow dragged his foot on this guy's shin in the shin. And it was, it's like the loudest sound. I can still hear it to this day. The shin bent completely backwards the way uh. it's not supposed to bend. And it was the loudest snap. Um, and I was like three feet from him and I looked down almost almost threw up instantly uh i was like oh and then you know we had it was like an hour and a half delay the paramedics had to come they had to um, cut off his shoe and i still remember this day and you know sorry for trolling you if you ever listen to this i I forgot what your name is too but uh he was yelling because he just bought new nikes like that week his mom did for the game he's like don't cut my shoes yeah he's just he's just screaming even though his legs about to fall off um and you know they had to cut off his shoes um the, the paramedics were like, yeah, the, the only thing that was holding his leg together was the skin. I was like, oh, yeah. uh, and, then we, and then we had to go play football. And um, that was the most intimidating game I've ever seen because I was a running back. And I was like, you're telling me I, I have to get hit now after just watching that. And and uh, that was I was not a fan of that game, but I persevered, um, did not have a good game, but I persevered. But yeah, man, I'm, I'm not a fan of broken bones anymore. I can't do it. Oh yeah, that's no bueno. 
with that being said, let's make a smooth transition. So what's your, so, I mean, there's not a lot of sports going on right now. So any sports news that does happen, I mean, it really gets blown up with the unthinkable Tom Brady uh, going to the Bucks. That was, to me, out of all the teams that you want to go to, like, it just doesn't make sense that you want to go. I mean, I guess it does make some sense, but at the same time, it doesn't make sense that he's going to the Bucks. I mean, yeah, I definitely didn't anticipate him going to the Bucks, but if you look at like some of his options that he actually gets to throw to compared to what he was throwing to this year, he's got Mike Evans, he's got Chris Godwin, he's got some playmakers, and he doesn't have a lot of years left in his body. I know he said he wants to play till he's 45. I don't see it. I think he has regressed. Um, he is getting older, but like he has got some studs that can help him look good this year. Um, I mean, there's a reason why didn't the Bucks have the most yards this last year and like, you know, most touchdowns and most interceptions or something, something crazy. It was some, some ridiculous stats numbers, um, most interceptions, most yards or something. But so he's got some people that he can throw it to, but. I was not anticipating him going to the Bucks. I didn't think he would stay in Boston, but I really didn't think he'd go to the Bucks. I thought it was going to be like Tennessee. I thought maybe I really thought it was going to be like Tennessee, and that's that's pretty much it. You know what would have been funny if he ended up? Because I'm a 49er fan at the NFL level, and I thought it would have been funny if he went to the 49ers to take over for Jimmy G. <laughs> Just Jimmy I thought that I. I thought that would be funny, but I mean, looking at Tampa's roster, man, I mean, like you said, man, they got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin from the Penn State alum. He's a solid wide receiver. OJ Howard, who's a solid yeah. tight end. He's fast. And then Ronald Jones, who hasn't really like, uh, you know, performed to the level that some thought he would, but uh, I think he's just, I think with Tom Brady going at the quarterback position will open the field up and scheme wise. Cause like you said, man, like uh, Tom Brady is definitely not operating like he used to. Uh, he, his, his arm strength is, is going down without a doubt, but he's still, I mean, that doesn't change the way that he reads a field, the way that he could make adjustments. And it's all about scheme at the NFL level, honestly. And uh, I think if you have Tom Brady on your team, your, you know, your chances of winning have uh, gone up, you know, quite a bit. So. Well, I mean, and, and the thing is, like, they have I – th- I think Tom Brady also wants to play for a coach who's maybe proven himself um, because, you know, he has played for the best NFL coach of all time. Let's let's just be honest. So he, he wants to play with a coach that he knows he can, um, you know, make splashes with. Bruce Arians is not a bad coach to play for. If you're in, in at the peak end of your career, you know, Bruce Arians is a talented coach. He, he has a good system. The more I think of this move, the more it's not so crazy. Um, but what what do you think is like the main reason why he moved? Was it more he wanted to see if he could win without Belichick? Um, did you think, you know, because I think a couple of years ago after that whole 49ers trade ordeal, you know, it was it was the Belichick versus Tom Brady. And that was the first type of squirrel we ever saw between them. And and it kept getting more and more vivid as as the next seasons went on. Yeah, that to me that, that when I saw this move take place, that's kind of the big question in my head. I'm like, why do you leave something that's proven? I mean, every year they've gone to the playoffs, right? It's not like they've totally regressed where they just 
haven't went to the playoffs. But if you look at the roster, they have so many individuals that are just like, who is that? Especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but I, you know, I don't know. I, I think, uh, I think Tom Brady, he's a smart guy, and I, I think he just knows that if, if he wants to get to the big game, to the Super Bowl another time, that he has to he has to switch it up. He has to go to a, a different team, and that being Tampa Bay, I mean, I don't think he's an individual that's just making a move just to make a move. I think he's making well-educated decisions as he's you know truly looking at uh, the whole like problem as a whole. So uh, I think he made the best decision that was right for him. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he performs. Uh, I'm back. <laughs> cool. No, I, I just figured you know, if you ever need to do that, then it's just us. Just tell me because we can pause. <laughs> I was like, I got to, those Red Bull Vodka's got me, man. I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what? We might just keep that pause and <laughs> on the show. But hey, guys, we. We are back in before we started, you know, recording, you were starting to tell me something about Rex Ryan and, you know, some Amari Cooper drama. What, what were you saying about this? Because I have not heard about this news. So, I mean, I just saw it on Twitter and then I, you know, watched a couple of videos. So Rex Ryan. So Amari Cooper got like a hundred million dollar you know, contract. Uh, I, I can't remember how many years that he got for his contract, but uh, out of all people, they brought Rex Ryan, who's just when you when you think of football, that's the individual the, the mind that you think of. So he was talking about Mari Cooper's five year, hundred million dollar agreement to return to the Cowboys, and he ended up calling him a, a turd, uh, just cause due to production or just not showing up in games. Which out of all people calling Amari Cooper, Rex Ryan, who has a foot fetish of all people, who does not have a current head coaching job or a coaching job in the NFL, is calling Amari Cooper, who just got a $100 million contract, a, a turd. To me, that's just mind-boggling. <laughs> I think that is the best thing I've heard all week. Um, he, <laughs> yeah, Rex Ryan, man, he has some different opinions uh, I, I listen to, you know, him every now and then. I forgot what sports show he's on now where he's just some analyst. And, man, he talks a lot of smack about a lot of players. And it it just makes me laugh. So, sometimes he just does not feel very educated. But, yeah, that's I mean, that is a huge, huge contract and good for Amari Cooper. Speaking of contracts, did you hear our boy Kendrick Bourne just got a contract? Oh yeah, he he got. Do you remember? I I know he got paid. I can't remember how much he he got. Um, I think he's like making. I forgot how many. I think it was just one year, three point three or three point two million dollars. But like, good for that dude. Um, hopefully he. It seems like every year he's improving. You know, he's he is a red zone threat. Um, but I I can I hope he just continues to improve his catch percentage was actually not that bad. I had a buddy, like, he was telling me, dude, his catch percentage was trash. And it was up there with, like, a lot of big names. Um, but, yeah, good for him. So, other contract news, Cooper Cup, you know, he's he's at that time where he is going to be signing a new contract soon. Um, but, you know, his freshman year, or rookie year, freshman year, whatever, his rookie year in the NFL, he had arguably 
when I was looking up all the stats, he had arguably like a top 10 rookie year in NFL history. And then, you know, the next year he got injured, so we didn't get to see as much production. And then this year, another top 10, not just rookie, but a top 10 NFL wide receiver in the league. What, what, we just saw Amari Cooper's salary. What's Cooper Cup's salary going to be like? Do you even, do you even like have an idea or what's your thoughts? You know, he had 1,100 yards, almost, almost 1,200 yards, um, 10 touchdowns. You know, he was, uh, he's a study. He's tied number two in the league for touchdowns for wide receivers. Um, yards, he was top 15 or something, maybe top 20. Um, yeah, just about top, top 12. And then catches, he was in the top 10. Um, does LA pay him? Cause LA has been, LA has been getting rid of some, some high paying athletes right now. You know, they just got rid of Gurley and I think it's opening the door for cup to get paid. Yeah. I see when he, he, when Cooper cup got drafted, there was no surprise, but anybody who was a fan of East Washington, that he was going to be able to perform at, at the next level. And there's so many, you know, wide receivers that are just, so like talented coming out of college that just never make it with Cooper cup. To me, there was never that, you know, uh, doubt that he wasn't going to be able to perform at the NFL level. And he had 94 catches over 1100 yards, 10 touchdowns. He's just Mr. Consistent and his ability to run routes, uh, the way that he plays, he, he's just an absolute weapon. And that's what I think every team wants, every quarterback wants on their team. And, I there, yeah. He's he's gonna get he's gonna be getting paid, and he's gonna earn. He deserves every single dollar that comes his way, man. He is such a fun football player to watch. Do Do you think he makes Amari Cooper money? Because I don't. Even though he, oh no, not yet. Every, everything shows, at least this last year and even his rookie year, he has more potential than Amari Cooper. He's he's more productive than Amari Cooper right now. Um, but I don't think he makes Amari Cooper type money. My guess is he's gonna sign. A four-year, sixty million type dollar deal, which, guess what? That is freaking fantastic. Um, but I think he's going to be anywhere between that ten, twelve, maybe that fifteen million dollar range. You know, if he gets that sixty million dollar deal, which I think that's it's kind of around the limit. Um, that's pretty average, I would say, for a top ten receiver um, in the league. But I don't know. I, I yeah, maybe maybe. But it- maybe quite make 60 maybe it's more like 50 four year 50 million yeah but it so if you put the numbers side by side not i actually i'm just thinking about it more than now that i've seen the numbers so cooper cup he's had this last season he had 1161 yards in receiving amari cooper had 1189 yards in receiving so not much of a difference at all amari cooper had a 15.1 average Cooper Cup had 12.4, but if you're looking at touchdowns, Mari Cooper only took in 10, tu- or I'm sorry, eight touchdowns. Cooper Cup had 10. So the numbers are pretty comparable looking at the two wide receivers. Well, so, and, and, you, and you look at this, Amari Cooper, you know, um, the catch percentage. So this is the percentage of when the quarterback was throwing to him, how many times does he catch the ball? His catch percentage is under Cooper Cups. It's 66. That is... I would say the league average. That's not a top tier. That's not like a Michael Thomas who's catching the ball 80 freaking percent, which is insane. Um, Cooper Cup is a whole 6% above him. He's at 70%. There's not, let's see how many people are above, 
you know, eight, there's, there's a lot of eighties, but a lot of them don't have a lot of production. So that skews the numbers. I'd say if you have over a, a thousand yards or maybe 700 yards, and that's pretty impressive. So, you know, you have Christian McCaffrey, who's a, you know, a, he's a beast and he, he plays running back position. Well, he plays the wide receiver position. Well, he's one of the best football players in the league, in my opinion. Then you got Michael Thomas, um, George Kittle, who's an absolute stud. There's not many pure wide receivers above Cooper Cup and catch percentage. It's Tyler Lockett. And I'm talking about guys that have a lot of production, not just a you know 200 yards in a season. So you got Michael Thomas, Tyler Lockett, um, and then let's see here, because those are tight ends. Uh, Chris Godwin, who we already talked about in the podcast, he's a beast. And then Cooper Cup, he's number four for wide receivers and catch percentage. He's a top 10 guy in catches. He's a top 10 guy in, he's a top two guy in touchdowns. He's a top 12 guy in yards. This guy deserves money. And I don't think he'll make as much as the Amari Coopers of the world, which is a bummer. Which is a bummer. And looking at the 2017 draft, it's just when Cooper Cup was drafted and looking at the first round, like individuals like Corey Davis, who was drafted by Tennessee Titans, hasn't done a Trash. whole lot. John John Ross, who hasn't done a whole lot with the Cincinnati Bengals. Actually, exactly. I like John Ross, though. I like I like John Ross, though. Um, dude, watching him at UW, I, I do have a soft spot for UW, even though we're an Eastern Washington podcast. I like UW over every school almost but Eastern Washington. So don't worry. I still, I still root for Eastern Washington to kick the crap out of UW. Um, but I, I do have a soft spot for UW. I, I like them. So I was rooting for John Ross. But yeah, he he can only do one thing. He runs straight and he runs speed, real fast. Man. Yeah, it's it. Well, it's like what? Uh, gosh, I can't remember his name. Uh, he played wide receiver for Minnesota. He just went to the Buffalo Bills. Oh my gosh, that's gonna bother me. Uh, basically, they're throwing out the tape that you know speed isn't on, the only thing that matters at the wide receiver position. You have to be able to run you know solid routes to. Basically, I mean, I think Cooper Cup's a perfect example of this, man. I mean, he's not necessarily the fastest guy in the field, but like his route running ability, oh man, that's top tier. Yeah, I'll say this, and I've said this multiple times, and it was even like when the draft was coming out and, you know, I was getting on message boards and comments on ESPN and NFL Network type stuff. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, Cooper Cup, you know, he's he's slow. And I was like, there's, a, there's for one, he's not that slow. When you see his game film, it's not, he's burning a lot of people, even though maybe his 40 yards, not there. It's just different when you're in game time. Um, it seems like he doesn't slow down when he has pads on. He's like the same speed where a lot of people from their 40 time, they'll slow down actually when they put their pads on, but Cooper cup. And I think you said it well, cause I don't think I've ever seen another person run the as perfect routes as Cooper cup. And even Sean McVay says this, they go, when Cooper cups playing, we don't have another wide receiver on the field. We have another quarterback on the field. We have a guy who reads routes like a quarterback does, not a wide receiver. And that's what makes him so special. He can read the defense. He knows when to cut um, where, you know, I, I and of course, I'm just speaking out of my ass on a little bit when I'm like, I think a wide receiver on most times, they want to be like, all right, one on one with this with this corner, I can beat you. And, and you know, they're they're trying to just they're trying to beat a guy where Cooper Cup's like. No, I'm going to run where you can't even get me. You know, I'm not going to try and play that game where it's, I want to go against you. He's like, I want you far away from me. I want to cut at a time where you're not even expecting it. You know, so watching him run routes is, 
is a, a beautiful thing. And even Steve Smith said in, in the, the draft uh, or in the combine, you know, one of the best wide receivers of all time, Steve Smith, he goes, Cooper cup is the best wide receiver in this draft. And everyone gave him so much shit. Everyone gave Steve Smith shit. They're like, well, he's plays for a small school. He, he hasn't had that great of competition. Um, dude, he, he has the Oregon record for most wide receiver in yards at Austin stadium. He dominated UW who had five D one or five number five round one and two draft picks. Um, you know, he, he dominated some of the best Patrick Peterson could not cover Cooper cup in college. Um, but yeah, C Smith was right, man. He he's turning out to be the best wide receiver in that draft class. He's proven it. And this year, all stats, I mean, you got to say he is for sure top 10 wide receiver in the league, but there's an arguments made for top five and he is still hunting his rookie salary, but he's about to get paid. And I hope, I hope he can make 60 mil, but I'm not, I'm not positive where he's going to land. Yeah, I don't know. It's it should be interesting. I would say with Amari Cooper getting signed that five year hundred million dollar contract and just looking at the numbers alone, like that's gonna help him without a doubt. Like it, it, it's gonna oh, help him. Sure. And that's I mean, like Dak Prescott wants another great quarterback to get paid so he can get paid. Right. He wants to make forty freaking million a year. <laughs> uh, yeah, not uh, not no thanks. I I will no, pass but- on Dak Prescott. But, but I will say this though, uh, I will give you props here, and I, I agree with you 100. Uh, wide receiver, you—that's something that you say a, a lot with Eastern Washington. Am I correct? You are dead correct. So on this FCS Fans Nation page that I help run, it started in 2016. I have called us wide receiver you at least 50 times on posts. Um, and then, yeah, that article came out, what, yesterday from, who did it, Yahoo? Was it Yahoo? Was it Stats? Do you, do you know who did it? I thought it was Yahoo. Okay, so, yeah, I think it was Yahoo, and they did basically an article of the decade. So it was, you know, North Dakota State, of course, they were quarterback you because, you know, three of their last quarterbacks have made it to the NFL. One was drafted number two. Um, and then the, the the newest quarterback of the bunch, looks to be by far the best as a freshman. He won the Walter Payton. You know, some Eastern players can say, or some Eastern fans can say, Eastern deserved quarterback you because the quarterbacks we've had run through us have been amazing. But I, I think it's safe to say North Dakota State is quarterback you. But yeah, they had all these positions and it was the college you of these positions. So, you know, offensive line, defensive line, cornerbacks, uh, running backs, wide receivers. And I've been calling us wide receiver you for a long time. And Guess what? Yahoo agreed. They're like, and I don't even think second place is close. I don't think so. some someone on the page was like, you can make a case for Jacksonville State to be wide receiver year. You in my comment, was, a Jacksonville State fan would say that. <laughs> yeah, but I, my my comment was, no, no, you can't. We have just in the 2010s alone, I think we had like four different wide receivers make the FCS record books. I and th- like. Four individual wide receivers made the FCS record books. That is insane to me. Um, and, and, you know, of course, Cooper Cup has like 17 records in the FCS record book. But then we have three other wide receivers that have records. Kendrick Bourne is in the record book. Brennan Kaufman is in the record book. Cooper Cup, of course, is in the record book. So, and I forgot, maybe maybe there's only three. I, you know, if I'm missing someone, I apologize. Uh, but... No other school comes close in the 2010s for wide receivers 
than Eastern Washington. It's 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 not even close. Second is so far away. Second is Alabama compared to Mississippi State. That's that's the difference. <laughs> Look at us talking about Eastern Washington sports. Let's go. Just, just squeaking it in there. Nice little transition I did there. <laughs> A little squeak in there. No, you know, we, we started talking about, um, yeah, it was your Amari Cooper contract, and then we slid Kendrick Bourne in there, then Cooper Cup, and then <clears throat> wide receiver you. Whew, we're good, man. We can't get Eastern off our mind. Um, yeah. But you did write a little topic, and I think this could be a kind of fun one to do. Um, you you wrote, what are the best college football players you've ever seen? Now, I want to break it down. And outside of Eastern Washington, do you follow the FCS as a whole? The FCS? Yeah. I, I mean, not okay. to the in-depth level that you'd... See, the thing is, is like it's apple and the oranges because between you and I, like I follow it, but you go like go into like the cracks of everything. The cracks and crevices. But yes. no, so I was going to say, let's do for this, you know, favorite college football player you've ever seen. I want to do either an FBS version, an FCS version, and then an all time or, or something like that, you know, so we can, we can get the discussion going, but I do think this could be a fun question. And uh, I'm trying to think, is is your favorite person, you know, what what conference does he play for? Oh, here's and okay, before anybody freaking says, Oh, that's such a Homer answer, Rusty, it's Vernon Adams, just because his 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 Woo! dude, he, he was just such a stud to like anytime we were it doesn't matter who we we're going against, like U dub, it doesn't matter you uh WSU, Oregon State, like we had an opportunity to win the game. We we had an opportunity. He had swagger on and off the field. I mean, he left it all on the field. And like even when he came on the podcast and you were interviewing him and he just went over like the injuries that he had and stuff, and it's just like he gave you everything he had every single you know every single game and his style of play at the quarterback level was so fun to watch, man. I enjoyed watching him so much. Dude, you're such a Homer. Uh, Homer big time. No, but I mean, I'm sure you guys could even tell from that interview. If you guys haven't listened to it, go into our archive, go listen to the Vernon Adams interview. You know, he was one of the best guests we've had. He, every every question I asked him, man, it was a pleasure chatting with him. He, He gave a truthful, honest answer and it was real. Um, but you could tell in that interview, I was acting a little bit like a schoolgirl. I was, I, was, I was a little excited. You know, he jumped on the podcast, and I, you know, I'm fanning myself in the corner and I'm like, Ooh, this guy, uh, because you know what? He, he he's never coming on our show again. If he hears that, he's never going to come on again. I never know. He might invite us. Maybe. He might start his own show, invite us, you know, the, the Vernon Adams fan club, but no, um, for for a peer watching him play, um, there there's two players I have in mind for college that are my top two college players of all time. Vernon Adams is in my top two. The other one is from a team that I don't even like. I just I don't I don't, don't want to say I despise this team because you know I don't despise a lot of teams besides Montana Grizz. Do do do. Um, but in when I was um watching the Pac-12 because. Before I came to Eastern, guys, I was not an FCS fan. I thought it was D2. Um, I've learned to grow. I've learned to appreciate the the talent at our level. And I do think, you know, FCS football could compete with a lot of the, the you know, a lot of the G5s for sure. 
I think North Dakota State can go up there and compete with the, you know, the Boise States of the world. I really do. I think Eastern could have won the Sun Belt multiple years. So I, I do love the talent we have at the FCS level, and it seems to be getting better. But before I came to Eastern, I'll be honest, I just wasn't a fan. But Reggie Bush is still yep. the most fun college player I think I have ever seen. You know, in Vernon Adams is a close second because of how he was able to change a game. But watching Reggie Bush at the college level, I remember in, in high school, you know, Reggie Bush was in the NFL. In English class with my buddy Manny Nichols, every day we'd watch like the same two highlight videos on YouTube when we started our English class. It was Roy Jones Jr., his highlights for boxing. Oh my God, it's the best thing ever, Rusty. If you haven't seen it, I'll send it to you if you like boxing. Um, I'm sure you know who Roy Jones Jr. is, of course, but yep. his highlight tape, one specific highlight tape, it is amazing. But then we also watched the Reggie Bush highlight tape. And I still remember to this day one of the most impressive runs, and it was against UW, which which was a bummer. But um, yeah, I got to say, Vernon Adams and Reggie Bush, but I would lean towards Reggie Bush for favorite all-time college player. And it wasn't like, you know, Vernon Adams has a soft spot in my heart because he played for the team I liked. He He, you know, so I followed him more. But in terms of just watching a college player, I don't think I can choose anyone outside of Reggie Bush. I see. I agree. So I separated in two different categories, FCS and FBS. At FCS level, Vernon Adams, without doubt in my mind. At FBS level, man, like Reggie, like I was in the same boat as you, man. Reggie Bush, like there was, it was honestly like watching him was like magical, man. In 2005, he had over 1,700 yards of rushing. That's mind-boggling. And it was, it was just watching him play, man. I mean, you, you watch him, and there's there's this one run where he's – it's I believe it is against UW, uh, and this is it's going off the top of my head, but, you know, he's he's rushing to the outside, and, and they played the play perfectly. UW is rushing. He cuts on a dime. He comes upfield the opposite way, and then another guy's about to hit him. He cuts on a dime, then switches and runs the opposite way. He ran like 200 yards on one play. And scored a touchdown. I, I've just never seen anyone at the college level do the type of things that Reggie Bush was able to do against everyone. And and still to my 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 day, you know, in terms of FBS games and national championship games, that Texas first U, USC game oh, was man. by far my oh, favorite man. game of all time. Vince Young, Reggie Bush, like Clash of the Titans. There's some cool Clash of the Titans games at the FCS level, but holy crap for a college game outside of Eastern Washington football. That's still my, my all time favorite game I've ever seen in my life. That just the amount of going back and forth in that game was just mine. So would you consider that like your number one, like sports memory? No, um, man, I got, I got a couple sports memories. One. So I got, I, man, this is tough too. And I know I wrote this one down, like, let's talk about it. But the more I'm thinking of it, like, the more I'm distraught and I don't know what to do. <laughs> so, so always, always some of the sports memories that will be like near and dear to my heart. L let's go for like each sport. Let's go for each sport and then we can cut off the podcast. How about, how about that? Does that work for you? Yeah, we could. Do, yeah, let's do it. So we would go to the kingdom all the time growing up. You know, my dad, he owned a baseball card shop. Um, he, he's, you know, the biggest baseball fan, the biggest Gonzaga fan. So for baseball, it was the last game at the kingdom. Um, and man, I, 
we we always got the nosebleed sections because we were pretty poor back then and you can get those pretty cheap but just walking up even the spiral you know the spiral case all the way to get up to that 400 level and the nosebleeds but but watching the kingdom in the last game of the kingdom man that's 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 got to be top top three for me in terms of all sports but for sure baseball and i'm not even the biggest baseball fan anymore i've kind of transitioned where baseball growing up used to be my number one sport now it's you know number four but um yeah going to the kingdom the very last game in the kingdom before they blew it up is number one for baseball what about you for baseball uh my big memory was watching uh ken griffey number Ken Griffey Jr.'s number being retired, man. This is because oh, I, cool. I remember watching him a lot as a kid and just to actually be there uh, in Seattle when they retired his number and seeing, you know, Griffey come out on the field with his family. And it was just and watching all the highlights during the, uh, the little reveal film or like the highlight film. And that was pretty awesome moments uh, in, that, in baseball that, for me. Awesome. Yeah. Griffey is still my number one sports athlete of all time. In any in any sport, Ken Griffey, he was a hero growing up. Um, he's the reason still to this day where I, I why I wear hats. Um, you know, I started wearing hats in about third grade because of Ken Griffey Jr. When I went to recess, I put my hat on backwards. Now, you know, since I'm older, I, I put it on forwards. But um, even throughout college, it was backwards hat every single day. And it was because of Ken Griffey Jr. He was my childhood hero. Yeah, he was just, man, oh gosh, his swing is just, it's just the smoothest oh. thing I've ever seen in my life in baseball. It, it, it's so pretty. Yeah, you know what, you know what's actually kind of cool? I am looking at a Ken Griffey Jr. baseball card right now. I'll send it to you so, so you can, so you can be like, oh shit, he's not lying to me. Um, I'm taking a picture right now, snapping it. It's his rated rookie card from Fleer. Um, like I said, my dad was a big baseball card guy, so I have you know, some baseball cards that got passed down and I used to collect them all the time, but look at that. Oh, wrong person. I sent it to my wife. (laughs) (laughs) So she's like, why the hell are you, why the hell are you sending me a Ken Griffey baseball card? Um, But yeah, I'm sending it to you, but look how pretty that, that card is. This is rookie, man. He's 18 years old. It's pretty badass. So, okay. Oh yeah. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. You like that card, don't you? It's in the hard case. I'm not messing around. And then I also got a uh, a uh, Akeem uh, Akeem card. You know, I don't think it's his rookie. It's it's his '89 um, basketball card. But yeah, it's from the All Star game, so that's not his rookie, duh. But yeah, I got I got some cards with me. But okay, so now let's let's transition. To, we'll save football for last. We'll transition to basketball. What was your favorite all time memory from basketball? Oh man, my favorite all time. I, I do. I do have one. Uh, so as a kid or as a kid, when I was in high school, I used to work at Gonzaga and my job was basically refilling the VIP booths up with beer. And that was pretty easy. I mean, all basically besides that, I just got to watch the games and like I, I did stuff like during practices and pregame. But like during the games, all I had to do was fill the VIP booths with, up with beer. And then once it was filled up and it was stocked, like I just sat there and watched the game. And I remember Gonzaga was playing San Francisco and Adam Morrison hit the game winning shot with 0.6 seconds left 
in the game and just watching that man and just being there in the moment. Cause growing up, man, I was uh, a big Eastern Washington, you know, watch Rodney Stuckey play and then a big time Gonzaga fan. I think if anybody grew up in Spokane, you're a pretty big uh, Gonzaga basketball player fan. And I know it's Eastern Washington sports podcast, but man, it's just that memory, just watching Adam Morrison hit that shot was, it was a pretty awesome moment. Oh man, you bastard. Um, I have two for basketball. One is definitely, and I've talked about it on the podcast before. One is definitely an Adam Morrison shot when, because we used to go to the Battle of Seattle every year. My dad, like I said, is a big Gonzaga fan. Um, his license plate is Go Zags. He's from Medellin Falls, Washington, so that's where he grew up. So he loved watching, you know, Gonzaga's little guy. He was from the little town in Washington. He wanted to root for the little college in Washington that was making a splash. So you know when. The, in 1999 when they were making their first run you know he was a fan he was cheering them on so kind of grew up a gonzaga fan now i'm like i love eastern more than gonzaga and and i'm i hate the eastern fans who love gonzaga more than eastern like come on man uh you went to eastern be an eastern fan then be a gonzaga fan second i'll root for gonzaga every day of the week until they play eastern then screw those guys um but yeah so it's in the battle in seattle when adam morrison hit the bank three to win against oklahoma state um that's still one of my favorite memories but then the other one is like a memory from not too long ago and it, it's because you know i'm privileged but <laughs> my my buddy won courtside tickets from his work so my buddy dave crane he actually is a listener of this podcast but he he won courtside tickets to the phoenix suns because we were living in phoenix a couple years ago and dude i did not realize the perks you get for courtside so the the phoenix suns were trash and my buddy knew they were trash, but we also didn't know we were sitting right next to the owner of the Suns. And like my, <laughs> my buddy, my buddy Dave, he runs the page Throwback Hoops. They've got like three hundred thousand followers on Instagram. You know, LeBron James follows them, so this guy knows his basketball, right? He starts naming off the salaries of some of these players. So, oops, maybe I shouldn't say this. You know, sorry, Throwback Hoops. Eh, fuck it. Uh, if you get mad at me, you'll let me know. But he starts name, naming the salaries of some some of these players, and he's like, "You, they paid you twenty five million dollars a year. You're a bum." And and we look at this old guy, and he's like, "What the heck?" Like, and we didn't realize at the time it was the son's owner. But my buddy's calling all of the people he just played bums. He's like, "You're trash," because, dude, you get free beer courtside, free food, free beer. And uh, we drank and ate enough of it. So that's my that's one of my basketball all time favorite memories is just sitting courtside with, you know, the people you see on TV every day. That's something I don't think I'll ever experience again because the tickets are way too expensive. But it's it's a memory I I'll always have in my life. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. I, and I'll say this just to end it. Cause we're both talked about Gonzaga. One of the memories that I just despise the most that might make some Eastern Washington fans that aren't a Gonzaga basketball fan is the UC. Some would call the crying game when Gonzaga lost to UCLA in March madness. And you just see Adam Morrison collapsing on the court, just crying and like, the, me watching the game, I'm like, come on, man, get up. Jeez Louise. The, the greatest meme of college basketball. Oh, history. God. <laughs> uh, my, my dad was watching that game the other day and he, he sent it to me because, you know, March Madness is canceled. He's like, Kyler, I'm watching, you know, Gonzaga 2006. I believe that's what it was. Um, the year the Adam Morrison crying. I was like, oh, man, you're watching Adam Morrison cry? And he's like, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> It's, it's still one of the best memes, but okay, let's let's move into 
two more sports and then we're done because for one i know you're an mma fan a lot of people probably don't know this about rusty kramer but him and i actually are big mma fans where a lot of people that i know are not mma fans what's your biggest greatest mma memory ufc memory Oh man. Well, it is a bummer that's let's just before let's just talk about this real quick. Khabib and Tony uh, first. Oh, uh, Khabib versus Tony. Yeah, what's your thoughts on that? Man. Time? It's canceled. Yeah, I know because Khabib can't leave his country. Dude, it's such a bummer because like at the lightweight division, that is the fight. We've been waiting for like 10 years. They've canceled. You know, this is going to be the sixth time or fifth time. Um, Khabib had an injury, then Tony Ferguson had an injury, then Khabib missed weight, and then Tony Ferguson tripped over a cable. Um, <laughs> and then we're like, this is going to happen. Dana White's like, this fight is going to happen no matter what. And now COVID-19 comes out, and now we're all screwed of probably one of, like, you know, besides the the Conor McGregor fans that, you know, brought the sport to a new, new level, this is like the most anticipated fight I have been waiting for. And um, it's it's a guy, Tony Ferguson, who his style is crazy. His style is weird. He's good standing up. He's good on his back, which is is tough for Khabib, who his his main strength is, you know, let's let's take the dude down. Let's grapple with him. Let's pound his face into the, the mat. <sighs> yeah, man, I'm bummed. But the rumor is Conor McGregor is willing to fight him, which I'll still tune into that. Yeah, it. I I would watch that as well. I so Who's let's not just watching for, a McGregor fight. <laughs> let's let's just say for just for fun, who who would you have winning the Khabib and Tony Ferguson fight? Because I think Khabib would be winning that fight. Uh, I think he would just take him down. He would stay on top of him, and he would end up submitting him or just ground and pound to end the fight. Yeah, I, I think Khabib would win too. Um, but I do think this would be the most intriguing and, and toughest fight of his career. You know, besides Gleason T-Bow, when T-Bow shot up roids for like 10 years straight, um, he looked like a freaking tank. I almost dropped the F-bomb. I don't know if we can on this podcast, even though it's my podcast. <laughs> um, but he looked, you know, he was a tank. But Tony Ferguson is the only guy in that weight class that creates some tough problems for Khabib when Khabib goes to his strength. When he goes to the ground, he's been able to dominate everyone where Tony Ferguson is a legit black belt. He's got a weird ground style. His guard is his guard's insane. But the thing is, on the ground, not only does he submit you, but while you're punching him in the face, he's throwing elbows at you. I've never seen anyone fight the way Tony does off his back. So I do think Khabib would win because I think he is the best grappler I've seen in a long time. The way he can control someone, maybe even of all time, the way he can control someone and really dictate where that fight goes is incredible. Um, so I would lean towards Khabib, but this would be the only fight in the lightweight division where before the fight starts, I'm going to go, dude, Khabib might not win this. Um, it's the only one where I'm not confident and would bet the house on Khabib. Yeah, I I don't know. But I mean, I just hope that it gets, they they just figure it out and then we can just have the it's fight. It's never going to happen. That we want. We it's never it. going to happen. The fight gods will never let it happen. This may be true. So what? What's your your all time? You know, UFC or MMA fight that you you remember? So guys, remember how I just talked about how privileged I am and how I sat courtside at an NBA game? Well, I don't want to brag or anything, but in college, my buddy Tyler Horn 
his mom was, you know, had a little love affair with a promoter. And guys, don't quote me on that. I don't think it was a love affair. I think they were just friends. But um, <laughs> she, he was a promoter with the UFC. And he, um, they were talking. And she's like, oh, yeah, I think my son likes it. Um, and me and my buddy TJ, for every fight, we'd go to Heroes and Legends in Spokane. And we'd, you know, drink beer and have a good time. So he's like, Kyler, man, I got free tickets um, for a UFC event. I was like, are you serious? Which one? And he's like, John Jones versus Rampage Jackson. So we flew to Denver. That's all we had to do. We had to book our flight, book our hotel. But we flew to Denver, and we were maybe like 25 rows from the cage. And we got to see John Jones, Rampage Jackson, Nate Diaz was on the fight card. Tony Ferguson was on the fight card. This is a long time ago. But that's, you know, these guys have been around for a long time. Mark Hunt was on the fight card. Um, and we were sitting right next to, at the time, we didn't know this, but DeMarco Murray. Um, he played for Oklahoma, I believe it was at the time, or Oklahoma State. And we're like, holy crap, this guy is so big. I wonder who it is. So that's how you know it. In big school power five, you players are getting paid. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm throwing y'all under the bus. You're all making money or doing something illegal because you got those tickets for free. No way you got, um, no way you paid, you know, 500 bucks to go watch Rampage versus John Jones. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I have yet to go see any like UFC fights, but the one that I think of is tough nine finale, Clay Guida versus Diego Sanchez, which yeah. went all three rounds, man. Ended up being a decision, Diego Sanchez's favorite. But man, if you want to watch two, like, just guys will leave it all in the octagon it's those two individuals right there man that was just an absolute fight all three rounds dude that was a great fight now diego sanchez is he's he's a little he's a little crazy i mean he's, he, he's a little wonky he got he hit, like, hit many yeah. times yeah he he's he's unfortunate of how he's turning out um but okay let's move to our last one before we end this podcast um so let's do football and let's split it out between college and NFL because I'm sure you are like me where football is the number one sport that you care about. Yeah, uh, I mean, given that we're already past our normal podcast, I'll just give you uh, I'll give you one because we're at hour and 13 right now. So like I said, like I'm a big like uh, 49er fan. I grew up a 49er fan and one of – Luckily, my wife, the last game at Candlestick, she bought me a, a home game ticket to like the front row at the 40-yard line to go see the last game at the Candlestick Stadium. It was the 49ers versus the Atlanta Falcons. And the 49ers were up 27, like 16 or 27, 17, something like that. And Atlanta scored to close it in within three, and they kicked the onside field goal. I'm sorry, onside kick and Navarro Bowman of old people fumbled the onside kick and Atlanta recovered and they drove it down to the 10 yard line, getting ready to score again and to basically win the game. But Navarro Bowman intercepted it. I have all people to redeem himself of that muffed onside kick that he got and he took it to the house, a pick six to end the game. And being there to watch the last game at Candlestick take place in that uh, that way, man, it was just absolutely mind boggling. This is something that I just will never forget. Dude, that's, that is pretty awesome. Um, I got two and it's, you know, I'm a, I hate the 49ers. They're my least favorite team. So <laughs> you, you might be off the podcast, but, um, <laughs> no, um, I'm a Packers fan. Always grew up a Packers fan. So my wife, we were only dating for like a month. She decides to take me to Lambeau. I'm um, in college and we drove, we made the road trip. 
we went and saw the Packers play the Rams and I had a, had a guy I knew from high school playing for the Rams too. Um, so that was, that was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, it's either going to the Packers game at Lambeau. And I think everyone should experience that. Or it's, it's literally the, the semifinal game in 2010 versus Villanova. While I was a student, um, my buddies and I, we painted our chest in those, that 10, 20 degree weather. It was freezing, um, but it was that game to send Eastern to the national championship. Th- those are my two favorite experiences I think I've ever had at a football game. Yeah. Now I was going to say another one was, uh, when the 49ers played the green Bay Packers and Shut the playoff mouth. podcast ends <laughs> podcast ends. Uh, uh, you've, you've had our number recently. <laughs> oh, awesome, man. Well, I think that about like cut, well, everything that I think we wanted to maybe hit. Yeah. Th- this, you know what you and I can bullshit for a long time. Uh, but we will cut it. Sh- we will cut it off now. I was going to say cut it short, but that's a lie. This is longer than most. Uh, but guys, if you tuned in through the whole thing, we appreciate it. Um, get some likes, some subscribe, some comments. Um, if you were not a fan of this type of style, don't worry. We have we have guests on the horizon, so um, this will not be an every time thing. But I had fun, Rusty. I hope you did too, buddy. I hope you take care of yourself and you're staying safe up there in North Idaho. And I will chat yeah. with you soon, man. Go Eags. Yeah, and it's, we got a couple of closing things. We've, we've got some big guests as of past, and we got some big guests coming up. Uh, there's a couple of things that you could do. We just created a Facebook page, Eagles Power Hour. Go ahead and like us on there, and we'll post topics, and feel free to get in on the discussion, and we'll post our podcasts on there as well. And you could find Kyler and myself on Twitter. You could find us uh, podcast-wise on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and you're already listening to us, so I'm sure you already know how to find us. But, uh, yeah, it, it was fun. You guys have a good one. Go Eagles. Go Eagles. Boom. <laughs>